All right, welcome to episode 98 of the Bobbycast with Dan Smyers of Dan and Shay. Do you feel like, I guess a question I've always wondered is, do you feel like you've lost some of your identity because you're always known as one of the two people? I, I do lose my last name a little bit. It's Dan of Dan and Shay, you know what I mean? Because I never say, is that even how you, I've never even talked to you as Dan Smyers. Is that even how you say it officially? This is the first time. I like it. It's nice. It is how I say it officially. You nailed it. Usually it's like Smears or Dan S. Myers or Dance Myers. I've had people be like, oh, Dance Myers, D-A-N-C-E Myers. Cool. Because you were Dan when you moved down here. You weren't Dan and Shay. I was. I was. I was like the really poor guy who couldn't afford to pay his rent, Dan. It was It was rough times for a while. That's got to be frustrating to be one and awesome because there are times too where you can lean on someone and it goes back and forth. But to be... Cause you're you're a real life human. Like when you prick you, you bleed. I exist. I'm here. I'm rocking. I was late. I was a few minutes late. Oh, this traffic, traffic, traffic gets me. Yeah, it's, but it's ice. It's traffic. It's you just can't win. It's Tennessee where we're not used to this. I'm also not good at preparing either. So I'll you know see it says like traffic is light. Eleven minutes is your time, and I'll leave eleven minutes before I have to leave. Oh, that would drive me crazy. If it says eleven minutes, I'll leave twenty one minutes. Really? Yeah, and prepare. Yeah, that's it. why you're more successful than I am. <laughs> That's not true. My hill, though, to get up here is just treacherous and steep. I was wondering, was it bad the last few days? It's terrible. I couldn't. I, luckily, I have a Jeep, and I put the Jeep in four-wheel drive. I've never driven anything four-wheel drive in my life. Yeah. So I bought the Jeep because I have this humongous hill that I live on, and I knew one day it would ice. Yep. And so I bought the Jeep all for the big build-up this last weekend. Dude. And it wor- And I tried to get up in a two-wheel drive first, and I thought, this is the least interesting story ever, but in my heart, it feels good to tell the no, story. No, I like it. I like it. Because I bought this Jeep for this one thing. And so I, uh, I put it in two-wheel drive, and I tried to get up the hill, and it wouldn't go. I was like, okay, good, 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 good. Yep. Were so you spinning? Hard. Oh, that's brutal. And then I put it in four-wheel drive and just dominated the hill, and my, my pecker got a little puffy. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Straight, like, straight to the sky. It was good, man. I loved it. And then, um, but this, So there are two sides of this hill where I live, and this side over here, I don't know which side you came up on, but there are cars that park on the side of the road, and oh, yeah. I've seen other cars fall and just do, do, and nail cars oh, all the pinball. way down. Because you can't once you start sliding, you're done. I almost saw it. I was I was working uh, on my computer in the front of the house, and we've got a window there. And there's people were flying down our street. It is completely covered. I, it's insane. I live in East Nashville, so Gallatin is like it looks like there was never snow. But at my house on my street, it's completely covered. I could ski down it. Some guy was cruising down, and I mean, literally, it was like fishtailing, like going back. I thought he was going to just wreck every car on the street, but luck, he made it out alive. But I know that guy. Or, or or girl, whoever was driving that car, when they pulled up, probably a guy, we're reckless drivers, pulled up to that stop sign and was like, yeah, I, I got out of that one. That was good. Have you ever been in a wreck? I have. I broke my wrist in a wreck here, actually. In town? You were in town? In town. It was. You know the turnaround down by the uh, convention center? Yes. It's, it's the, the round, the circle? Yeah, the yeah. roundabout. It was ridiculous. I was coming around the thing, and a guy just pulls out right in front of me. I it was insane. I'd still be driving my car. I had the same car for like you know fifteen years, the same one I moved down here with. And a guy came out, t-boned me. Of course, no insurance. And I tried to turn the wheel, and I broke my wrist. It was you turned it on reaction. I turned it on reaction. Yeah, when the guy was pulling out, and it it, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. I had never on stage dropped the guitar before. I was always like the guy who strums underwhelming guitar chords on stage. But we were on an acoustic tour. We were opening up for Hunter Hayes, and I was like. Oh, we can't miss these shows. We're getting like a hundred dollars a night. We don't want to miss out on that money, and uh, we didn't cancel them. We ha- we hired a guitar player, got insurance actually to cover for the guitar player to come out because otherwise, I mean, I wouldn't be able to work. So I I was running around with a big cast on, and we're like, this is kind of cool. Like we can entertain twice the amount of people in the same amount of time if I don't have a guitar. 
So next is a headset mic. Mm, and that, by the way, that guitar player, also known as Eric Clapton, that, that's how he got to start. It is exactly. <laughs> it was right before Cream, and then you know the, the, it all happened. Bird. It was insane. Mm. But, uh, I have a tea here. So oh, I asked the right question because so when you came in downstairs, my assistant is down there. She got into a wreck today. Oh no! Someone pulled out in front of her. Their side window was fully iced over, and they couldn't see. And she's driving down the road. Oh, yeah. They pull out. There was no ice on the road, yep. but because the cars are cold, pulled out, and boom. No way. Nailed each other. That's brutal. And so... she, she all right? I should go down and check on her. Yeah, yeah. go down and check on her. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, I know we she like, didn't said hi and talked for a minute, but are you okay? Yeah, I just heard. They're still recording up there. Yeah. But I just heard you had a wreck. Yeah. Now, her, she has a SUV. It's completely smushed. Dude, that's brutal. It's crazy when you see metal like that go and bend in ways that metal's not supposed to bend, yeah. and then someone just walks out of there. And both of them were okay. That's good. And that's it, good. And also, Where was it? I don't know. Yeah, somewhere. There are some... I'm about to throw throw our town under the bus here. There are some bad drivers in Nashville. There are bad drivers everywhere. It's true, but here is like especially worse. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's a combination of the, the southern pace... And then a lot of transplants. Like, the southern pace. Like crazy people like me who come in from Pennsylvania and are like, get out of the way, get out of the way. Let's like, let's pass this guy or let's turn before the light you know, changes. And uh, That's funny, the southern pace. Maybe that's, that's just the title. pace that I live my driving life because I've only ever, I went to Arkansas to Austin, which isn't really the south, but it's still in the southern part of the United right. States. To, true. To Nashville. Maybe I only know the southern pace because I've only lived in the south. I, I, do, I am a slow driver though. I, I'm... I've knock on wood. I'm going to get a ticket on the way home. I've never gotten a ticket in my entire life. I've gotten You've never got a ticket? My my parents or somebody must be friends with the the police or something because I've gotten pulled over like, I don't know, five or six times. So we're going to let you off with a warning. I'm always like super polite to them whenever they pull me over, but somebody out there listening is a, a police officer and they're like, "We're going to get this guy's first ticket today. They're going to be looking for me." Yeah, I feel like calling one in on you on the way out. Like, hey, Call me in. Uh, I had a little to drink at the house. I maybe maybe you want to check, <laughs> this check guy, him out. Passion fruit Lacroix. He's just is that, like that's what he's drinking. I was like, hey, you want a water? You'll definitely want a water. We're gonna go talk for now. He's like, yeah, I got a Lacroix. Byow, dude. I'm good. Byow. So I'm, I'm I guess I'm interested in a lot of the stuff that was you before Dan and Shay. And I want to get to a lot of this, especially now. And people will listen to this for years because with podcasts, you kind of look through and pick things you like. Totally. Um, and I think people will like to see your name and listen to this. So I want to get to... Are we going to list it as Dan of Dan and Shea or Dan Smyers? Dan, Dan of Dan and Shea. Cool. It'll get more hits. I'll list it however you want. We can list it as Mr. <laughs> Smyers and that's Dang, it. That's, yeah. I like that. that would, Mr. Smyers of... Cameo from my dad. Of Pennsylvania. Yes. So, but when you moved to town, obviously, and, and people may not know the story and you've told it on the air before, but I'll have you retell it again just briefly. But you met Shay while here. I did. But you moved here to do what? I moved here to be a songwriter and producer. I moved here from Pennsylvania, and uh, you know I grew up listening to all kinds of music. I love country music, and I couldn't afford L.A. or New York even if I wanted to move there. So I was like, Nashville, when I moved here, was 2010. It was still affordable. Now it's getting a little out of hand. But uh, for anybody from L.A. or New York listening, they're like, Nashville is it's so cheap to live there. What That's what everybody about? says. Because it's so cheap. Yeah. And everybody's so nice. Yep. But you moved here in 2010 to be a producer and a writer, huh? Yeah, I moved here with my buddy. We were kind of we had actually like never really hung out in person. This is kind of like this blind dating. Let's move to Nashville together thing. He's like still one of my best friends. Was in my wedding. Uh, has a couple cuts that are going to be on our upcoming album, and uh, he's he's killing it now. But it, it wasn't like that for a while. Who, who is it? His name's Andy Albert. He would be an interesting guy to talk to as well. Like he's crushing it as a songwriter he's written a few hits uh he wrote she's got away with words for blake shelton which was one of my favorite songs blake's put out um 
think it ruffled a few feathers when you put that song it did, out. It did, and not to sidetrack, but that was the only one of Blake's songs to not go number one. It he, was the first one of like th- after 13 in a row because some people were irritated at the song. Yeah, he was bummed. There were a few lyrics in there that were edgy, but it's cool. I mean, Blake Shelton's that guy. He can put out edgy lyrics like that. And I was so happy for him. We had been like really struggling. So we moved here. Uh, we, we had a mutual friend who, his name is Rohan Coley. He's now, he's actually... Uh, his his wife's in labor like right now. He's oh, having yeah? his kid, first kid, yeah. And we're sitting like trying to pick what songs we're going to record next week. Yeah, he's he's crazy. But uh, he put us together. He was like, you guys are both trying to do the same thing. You, you and should... this dude in Pennsylvania. Are you and this dude? Where was, where he was live? from Georgia. Okay. Yeah, he's from outside of Atlanta. Well, you guys didn't move together. You just got here at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll meet you in Nashville. Exactly. So we, we connected on, you know, AIM was still a thing, you know. We had our... Screen names. I don't know what mine was like. Brandon Boyd two three zero nine because I like oh, Incubus. Incubus. Yeah. Yeah, 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 huge fan. And uh, he's over here laughing, making fun of me. But uh, you know, we we kind of connected on the internet. We were like, let's send a f- some demos back and forth. And we were like, this could work. And we moved to Nashville, found this house on Craigslist. I mean, literally, this place was a disaster. There was no heat, no AC. If there was, we couldn't afford to pay for it, so we didn't even turn it on. In the summer, it'd be like. People are, everybody's like, you're a liar, you're exaggerating. But anybody who had been to that house was like, no, this is, it was, a, it was a pretty bad place. 90 degrees in the summer and 46 in the winter. So we were struggling to get by and we were just doing anything we could. Like we would go, I've got a few funny stories, but we would go and uh, do like taste testings and like research groups. Do you know what those things are? Yeah. Like where here's $20, you try on like 10 Hanes t-shirts and get up in front of a crowd and tell your thoughts. So we would do that or luckily like well, some you of were them, doing that. Oh yeah. That's how you guys are making money. Honestly, I'm still on those email lists and I'm like, if they're, if it's like $30 to go try some pizza, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. How would you get on the list? So you would go to the place. It was called Nashville, uh, 2020 research. And it was like, uh, by off of Rosa parks. So anybody out there like struggling to make some money, struggling to get by, that's where you go. And you get on these lists. You do one I'm trying to think we did one where we taste tested a uh, hard cider, which was pretty cool. And they pay you because they want your feedback to either improve the product or improve how they're marketing the product. Yeah, exactly. So we would do pizzas. I mean, you know, we would know that it was Domino's pizza, but they would say, here's random pizza company so-and-so. Give your thoughts on this. And I would literally take boxes of pizza home. (laughs) It was insane. Another ridiculous- Were you that broke? Oh, dude, I can go on for hours. This is is crazy. So there's a Hampton Inn across from Vanderbilt. You know that Hampton Inn, like, uh, I don't know what's- There's like a Qdoba off of 21st over there. Regardless, there's a hotel and there's a back parking lot. I would go every single morning because I couldn't afford to eat anything. I would go in the back parking lot. I would intentionally wear sweatpants and like dress like I was actually staying at this hotel. Wait for somebody to walk out of the back door to the parking lot. Sneak in, like hang in the bathroom for a second, then walk in and eat continental breakfast every single morning. Wow. I I had this whole plan in my head too. People were like, aren't you afraid you're going to get caught if like the maids or somebody, you know, is like, hey, we saw you the last six days. I was going to be like, you know what? I'm in from out of town. I'm a guitar tech for Zach Brown Band. And our tour manager... <laughs> had the backstory all oh, yeah, ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. And I, our tour manager is not here yet. He told us, you know, when we arrive off the flight just to go and grab a little breakfast and he's going to come check us in. <laughs> and, and luckily it never happened. Everybody was so sweet. They're like, hey, good to see you again. You know, the extended stay at the Hampton Inn. Wow. And I would take like little boxes of Rice Krispie treats, you know, back to the house and survive all day off that. So it was... It was rough. We also made fake coupons. I'm rambling right now. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm interested but. in this, though. So you and him both moved to town. You, were you both broke? Oh, yeah. It and was so. Really but what are you doing to make money or not even make money? What are you doing to, to make uh, progress creatively? Uh, we, we both you know, came here with probably like a couple hundred bucks in our 
pockets, like nothing crazy, but you know, to pay whatever rent we could for the first month. I mean, literally our rent was like hundred or 150 bucks, nothing, nothing insane. And I was producing demos. I, you know, was doing logic then I hadn't even like, I couldn't afford pro tools. I got a cracked version of logic, which is, you know, an illegal download. And I was just rocking on there. Didn't really know what I was doing, but you know, writers and stuff would come to town or artists and I'd produce a demo for them, literally like $30 a song. And I was spending like, you know, the same amount of time I spend making our records now, like weeks at a time doing songs and walk away with 30 bucks. But hey, you do three or four of those and you're paying your rent that month. So did anyone back then, did you work with anyone that has done anything as far as made a name for themselves in any capacity? I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I knew Cassidy Pope. Cassidy Pope and I kind of came from the same world. We had done like, you know, rock and pop kind of music in the past and, um, we had a lot of mutual friends, so we like wrote some songs together and did demos. And Cass is so still a good friend. You knew her before the voice. You knew her from when she oh, was yeah. in Hey Monday. Yep, Warped Tour days. Yeah, we had a lot of mutual friends and uh, wrote some songs. I got to dig back on the old hard drive and, and see what I can can bring up. I mean, you know who else played Warped Tour was Brandon Ray. Did he really? He, yeah, he has He's the, got the energy for it. He has the greatest stories about going out and passing out flyers and just and he would play at the eleven a.m. Dude, I. I've got Warped Tour stories, so I would go out. But who were you thing. playing with then? I had a band in high school called Transition, and it was like a pop punk kind of, I don't know, just crazy. Were you the lead singer? I was. I was. And I would. I had like long emo hair and did the whole thing. I had no idea. This is Oh, dude, I'm going to send you some pictures tonight. I, did you know this, Mike? You knew his pop punk stuff? Have you? Oh, I have some here. How about this? Here you go. This is uh, from Transition called oh, no. Excusable. Oh, no. You, you got it pulled up. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got that one. You have the voice. That's that voice. It's I am so sad today. And then you got my add, mama threw my magazine away. It's so urgent too. It's like right now. You got to end everything with a right now. Look at this. You guys were the real deal. I was like 15 years old when we recorded this. Have you ever heard of them, Mike? Come on, show that tattoo. You got the tattoo. You got my signature tattooed on your arm. That's so funny. How about this one? Were you in a band called Bonaventure? What's, what's this one? Yeah, that Bonaventure was the band that my buddy Andy and I, who I moved here with at the same time, started. Yeah. And we, we were trying to like... You started here? Yeah, we started it here at, at that house in Nashville. And we... Uh, Let me hear this one. Are you singing in this one? I'm not. I'm it, singing harmonies. Okay, so he's singing this one. You're singing is, harmonies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, Bonaventure. I think you're a better singer. Thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy your punk pop voice. Dude, I, that's a that's a great pop punk voice. I've got some great pop punk ideas floating around. We've got like a lot of buddies who used to be in that scene. Like uh, our buddy Paul D. Giovanni, he played guitar in a band called Boys Like Girls. He, he did? wrote our he wrote our last number one song. How Wait not a minute. So I'm a, we're going there right now. I see Paul on Twitter all the time. Yeah, at Paul BLG. I did not know that he was the guitar player for Boys Like Girls. Yeah, the tall handsome guy. That's him. Huh. My mind's blown a he, bit. He wrote How Not to. Our latest number one song. Huh. Yeah. He wrote, did he write that with Adam Hammer? He did, yeah. That's, Paul, that's crazy to me he was in that band. He's, dude, he's like the sickest, they call him track guys, you know, and he's doing, he's producing Jordan Davis. He's got that Singles You Up song on the radio right now. And I don't know, I mean, he's honestly getting calls from guys left and right, like Keith Urban or whoever is like, hey, we need you to come and make this awesome. And he's just crushing it. Did you know Simple Plan? Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, they were awesome Simple to Plan, me. They, their music holds up. Those, dude, they were ahead of their time. They, and 
they were Canadian, I believe. Yeah. They were a Canadian pop. I used to play them. They used to play all of our radio shows back when I was, you know, in uh, They're California. still doing radio shows, I think. Uh, maybe. Do you remember Bowling for Soup? Heck yeah. Oh, we were talking about them the other day. I, I said, uh, I pulled up on Spotify. It was Bowling for Soup. I was like, this is the coolest idea. And they recorded Stacy's Mom. And the album cover for the single was because everyone because everyone thought we sang this song, we actually sang this song. So they did Stacy's mom. They did That's funny. I remember Jared well, the lead singer of Bowling Pursuit. Yeah, because he was from near Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I knew him. But 1985 was their big song. You remember 1985? It was. Do you know who that song was written by? It was written by this guy Mitch Allen, who also came from uh, the pop punk world. He was in a band called SR71. And he's written like he wrote "Want to Want Me" for Jason Derulo. He wrote like a bunch of hits for Demi Lovato. It's crazy. Look at that. Yeah, here's 1985 from Bowling Pursuit. This was a for a pop punk song. It became a pretty big pop song. Yeah, they cro- this was their biggest song. How about how about you? You sound good as a as a punk singer. I've never heard you do straight ahead vocals. You're yeah. all, when I hear you, you're doing harmonies for Shay most of the time. Yeah, I like being the background guy now. You it's do little, though? I like, yeah, being the Dan of Dan and Shay. It's a little less pressure. But your name's first though too. So people would just, that's another thing I want to talk about that I just like how do you decide? Who goes first? Dan or Shay? Is that a coin flip? Is there a fight with that? Order of importance. Yeah, know. that's a right. Height. You know, there's a lot of other things, you know. But how did that really I, I don't know how that happened. Actually, it was we were when Shay and I met, uh, that's like a lot later in the in the saga there. The, I guess the tragic tale of Dan Smyers in Nashville. But uh, whenever we would walk into publishing companies, because we were just trying to get a publishing deal, we were. Which means you just wanted to get paid to write songs. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, we just want to write songs for Rascal Flats or whoever. And we would walk in and they'd be like, oh, Dan and Shay's here again. Dan and Shay. And then when we became a band, we were searching for band names and we we had some band names floating around for sure. Let me read this because I want to I get back to that. Uh, do this because LifeLock is an awesome sponsor of the show, researcher. Do you? Because ha- I have a, um, I'm gonna put it in. It's, I have a new VPN, uh, like a modem. Yeah. Do you protect your internet and stuff? I need to. I so see that, that's a no. I, let, I don't. You should. I don't. You should listen to this. Okay, I'm listening. Mike and I just had a conversation before down because I'm putting a new one in because people. I read a story. This is not part of the commercial. I read a story where people are going to hotels and they're sitting in parking lots and people on open networks because a lot of hotels have open networks. Yeah. So you pay the money or you're, you put them in the code and all of a sudden you're on the open internet sure. and they can use this little hacking machine and everything that you see, they see. So that's when you're good. typing stuff, they can still pass all the stuff. That's why I don't like Let me talk about LifeLock real quick. Yeah, yeah, that, so I have LifeLock. One of four people have experienced identity theft. If you're only monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways that you can't detect. Thieves will sell your information too and then all of a sudden they have... Uh, your info, you can get on the dark web. That's what I want to do, Mike. I want to get on the dark web someday and see what they have up there. I mean, I shouldn't. I know. The dark web seems good. pretty... Have you been on the dark rigid. web? No, no. I, I'm curious about it. Me too. We it should, it like, seems like an old web. Yahoo chat room, but everything bad sold there. That's Basically what it seems what like it to me. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. I literally have LifeLock and I've had it way before they became a partner on the show or the podcast. If there's a problem, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Nobody can identify all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but you can join now and get 10% off by using the promo code BONES, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to lifelock.com, the promo code's BONES, BONES to save 10%, and uh, I use it. I love it. It's, it's helped me. Once I had a guy, this is not the commercial, but somebody tried to open a bank account my name. Really? Oh, I have my identity attempted to be stolen at least 10 times. Dude, we had a situation happen to us. This is back to... Good transition back to the uh, the house we were living in. Andy and I, 
so we found this painting online. It was, uh, I don't know, maybe like $20 or something like that. A big, we were trying to make our decrepit old house look a little better. We found this painting and this thing was massive. I mean, it was like six feet long, like eight feet high is big old canvas painting. And we're like, you know what? We should like lie about this on Craigslist and put it up and be like, this is like a famous like painting. It's worth, you know, 1500 bucks or something like that and see if anybody bites. We put it up on Craigslist. I kid you not within like an hour, somebody hits back and is like, we want the painting. Like, can we email you? And we're like, oh my gosh, this is huge. This is massive. And they hit us back and they're like, but we want to pay you 1600 We want to pay you more than what we asked for. But it was like one of those situations where they try to scam you. You've got to like send a check so they can cash it and do the whole thing. Or no, no, they, they would So send, they were trying to scam the scammer. They were trying to scam the scam. Oh, dude, I, I've been scammed for years. Still am. Did, did you get any money out of it? So we they sent us a check and it was for like, I don't know, 17. It was, it was more than what we asked for. It was a lot, like in the thousands. And uh, we took it to it. We didn't want to take it to our own bank because we were like, this could be like, we should try to get the cash quick, even if we have to pay like a low commission. We took it to Advanced Financial, like one of those check cashing places on Nolansville Road. And, you know, it's like a glass window and you slip it through like you're paying at a gas station. And uh, they look at the check and they looked at us and they're like, uh, we're going to have to call the police. This is a fraudulent check. And we're like, no, no, no. Like, seriously, we we don't know what's happening. Like we just try to sell painting on Craigslist and this guy like, <laughs> and they're like, okay, well you need to get out of here immediately because this is a fraud. I guess this person had done it before and, uh, we sprinted out of there. So you lost a $20 there. painting. No, we got the painting. We never sent the painting. Oh, you never sent the painting. No, the, the whole issue. I don't know how the, this scam worked. We figured it out one time, but it was, uh, yeah, it was. We didn't. We well, that's didn't what you that deserved. One. You were trying to cheat, and that's true. That's true. End. It was a good painting, though. It, it looks pretty good. You still have it? He he still has it. Honestly, still has it. It's funny. So you and him move into this house. Moving into this house. You're both. Yeah. What's he doing? You're out cutting demos for artists. What's, yeah. What's he doing? Kind of the same thing. You know, he he was writing and just like scraping by on what he could. Were you and, helping uh, each other? Were you supportive of each other, yeah, or were you yeah. just two guys living together? No, we were we were working together. We were writing songs together, and you know. Putting, we started putting the Bonaventure band together while we were down there. And we were like, you know, we had a little bit of stuff going on. We, we had connections, I guess, from what we had done in the past and who we knew uh, before we moved to Nashville. And we like, we saved up our money or I don't know how we did it or like borrowed my dad's airline points and uh, flew to New York one time and showcased for Mercury Records, this guy, David Massey. You and him did? Yeah. As Bonaventure? As Bonaventure. Wow. So we were like, we didn't know whether we, we, we were obviously writing country songs, but we were just telling people whatever they wanted to hear. So this pop label like was like, yeah, come in and play for the president. I mean, this guy signed like massive acts. And we go up there. I have a banjo, five-string banjo, and he had an acoustic guitar. This was before like the resurgence of the banjo and pop music happened, like Mumford & Sons and Imagine Dragons put a mandolin in their pop track. This was like before that became cool. And I walk into this New York office, Mercury Records, and I, it's the two of us singing country songs. And they're like, so you guys want to sign to this pop label, huh? And we're, we're like, yeah, we, we'll do anything you want. They're like, have you ever thought about being a country act? And we're like, no, no, absolutely. We just were telling them what they wanted to hear, what we thought they wanted to hear. And they're like, cool, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. And we went back to Nashville and nothing ever came of it. So, Did you guys break up the idea of Bonaventure after that didn't work? It, it was kind of not immediately there. We were kind of just fizzling out, like focusing a little more on the writing thing. We, I mean, we'd been here for like four or five years before Shane and I met. And, uh, what was the big, I wouldn't even say break, but what was the, the pop for you where you go, okay, I can at least relax a bit on rent. So when I signed my publishing deal to Warner Chapel, I had $63 in my account, like 
cold 63 that I, I know that number for a fact. And I mean, my rent that month was like 150. So I was, I hadn't figured it out yet what I was going to do, but it was pretty nice while we were like, you know, negotiating deals and with a record label and a publishing company, we would, we would, there's this guy, Alex Heddle. He runs, he's at big machine publishing. He still like gives me a hard time. Cause he was like, we wanted to sign you guys. And you just like, led us on and we went out to soul shine and spent like $1,500 at the bar. And like, I'm like, no, we did. We, we went out one time and got a pizza and a beer, but we always <laughs> give each other a hard time about it. So it, whenever you're doing that, if you're an artist out there and like you're, you're being courted by labels, if they want to buy you a car, if they want to buy you, you just take it. You, you know, it's funny how I knew you guys first was not as friends who were trying to be artists. Well, I don't think we had a deal at that point. You didn't have a no. deal. No, but that's, Nada was like, I have these friends. Then we're doing karaoke. Yeah. And I was like, Dan and Shay. She was like, it's Dan and Shay. And I was like, okay. We, we had demos on SoundCloud. Yeah, the, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. You, it, the artist thing wasn't a thing. It was just not as friends. Not as friends who like drank other people's beer and partied. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was crazy. I knew Nada way back. I met her. Uh, she was working... I think she was working for a pop station or doing... She was for the river. Yes, for the river. Mm -hmm. And Boys Like Girls, who I I know, and I go way back with those guys, they were still doing the band and they came and played a show, a Christmas show. And I met Nada there. She was like doing promo for the station and they did an acoustic radio show and I was hanging with Paul and Martin from Boys Like Girls and I met Nada and we became friends and she'd been to that terrible house. She knows all about it. That's funny. I just think back because all these memories are hitting now because that's right when I moved to town. Yep. Is it right about the time you guys went on with Warner, right, and right, became right. a thing? But again, you weren't Dan and Shay; you were Dan and Shay. These yeah, two dudes just who were her guys. friends, still looking for a band name. Yeah, we, that's crazy. We were honestly under SoundCloud. I don't know. I hope it's private because somebody's going to go out there and find it. We were on SoundCloud as Ragtop Red. That was our name. We were like big Tim McGraw fans, and we're like, "Well, he has Red Ragtop. What if we like flip it, Ragtop Red?" There have been much sick. dumber names. There is one. We were in Austin, Texas. We did South by Southwest, and uh, we were down there. It was – I don't remember exactly the timing of this. No, this was the first – we'd done South by Southwest twice. The second time, Justin Bieber came out on stage with us. It was a whole – I remember that. I remember that the was second a whole time. Thing. Yeah. That was crazy. The first time we did it, there's a picture of it. There was only – we played a showcase, and like Shay's lawyer at the time, this guy Jim Zumwalt, the man, great guy, uh, he was like, come down and do this showcase, and we can hang out. And we were like, this is awesome, you know? We went down. There was literally three people in the crowd. My lawyer, Jonathan, he's the man. Jim Zumwalt and Paul D. Giovanni. The guy, Boys Like Girls, keeps coming up in this situation. I don't know why he was there. I think he was just, I think the band was on a break or something at that point, and he was just hanging out. He was literally standing in the crowd. And there's, we watched this the other night. We were uh, cutting together videos for Tequila, and my buddy Pete Tracy, who does like all our content, he found a video that somebody had taken and it was showed us like rocking on stage. I'm wearing like a Boston Red Sox hat and we're dancing around like we got something going on and it zooms out. Literally no one in the crowd. It's so embarrassing. But uh What was your name? So we, we go to PF Chang's after we that little showcase and Zombie's like, You guys are poised to be the next big stars, like whatever. We need to come up with a name. So he's got his little iPad. We're sitting at the round table in the corner of PF Chang's in Austin and he's like, I got it. And we're sitting there like, oh, he might have it. This is awesome. Let's hear him out. He's like not showing us. He's like got a big surprise and he's typing it out on this little iPad and he flips it around and his big pitch to us was that the name should be Schools Out. Oh, you told me this. Schools, Schools out. out. Yeah. So like yeah. if we ever get big like Dirks Bentley or something and can do the, you know, little yeah. secret show. The it's hot like, country night. Schools Out live at 3rd and Lindsley. You know? That's funny. Yeah. I remember that. Man, 
It's so funny because I think of you guys as part of my memory when I first got to town. Because you guys were being a thing right when I, whatever I was being and whatever I am, I started to be a thing right when you guys were being a thing at the same time. And people hated all of us. All of us. Because we were ruining country music. And still are. By yeah, the way, yeah. we're still ruining country music. Yeah. It's a very vocal minority. It's, it's insane. It's, it's, I've never seen anything like it. I was talking to someone that I do business with the other day. And he said, we were talking about the people that listen to country music. Sure. And I said, you can't pay attention to the people that talk to you about it. Right, because the people that are satisfied and love it, they're quiet. They quiet. They just love it and they yeah. consume what they like of it. Sure, they don't complain about what they don't. They just go to what they like. Yep. The people that are the ones going, "This sucks. That ain't country." They're out there. Yeah. But they're the loudest, and they're a very select minority group. They're aggressive too, man. They're mean. Yeah, they're mean. Every once in a while, when I want to like get into it on Twitter, I shouldn't do this. I'll like search Dan plus Shay, not country. You know, and, and there's some like really vulgar stuff in there, like really aggressive. It's like if you don't want to listen to our music, just don't listen. Nobody's to it. forcing anyone to no, do anything with just, anything creative. Yeah, period. It's crazy. It and at this point in my career, I've always been hated because, yeah. again, by a vocal minority. Because when I was doing pop, I was too country. Sure. When I do country, I'm too pop. Yeah. When I was doing alternative, I had too much of a southern accent. When I was doing sports, I'd never been a professional athlete. Right. You I, just can't win. I've never fit anywhere, but it's thickened my skin so much. Yep. But it's also made me more like the people that actually consume. Totally. And that's been what was, to me, the hardest thing and the biggest obstacle was, oh, I'm never fitting. I actually fit exactly with the people that are consuming it. They just don't scream. Yeah, it's great. It, it's interesting you say that. Do you ever, like, are you impacted more by the haters than, like, there will be... I talk to Thomas Red about this all the time, and his dad always was like, Thomas, he gets so bent out of shape about the people on Twitter. Thomas Rhett, and he, he'll hit people back. I see it on his, he has so many followers on Instagram. He's got millions and millions of people saying, Thomas, you're the greatest artist I've ever heard. I, I like have your lyrics tattooed on myself. And then one guy comes on there and is like, why are you wearing those jeans? You look like whatever, you know, and your music's not country. He'll reply to him, and he'll hit him back. And like, but you just scroll past... I love your song. I love your song. You guys are yeah. amazing. The show is amazing tonight. Then there's one hater out there. It's like nice haircuts, whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to get that guy. I, you know, I was talking to Kip Moore about this. And Kip Moore and I have the same management. Yep. And we were sitting in a in a room. And he was talking about how at times he can be upset by people not enjoying the show. He can say, there. let's say 99% of the people I are just Kip. rocking out. And Kip's intense. And you talk about somebody yeah. who loves his art. Yep. That's Kip. And Kip's like, man, I have everybody going, but the one person I'm focus, like one person I focus on is the guy who's just looking at the ground. And I'm like, how do I win him over? And I can't win him over. He'll call him out too. And he says, well, he says, what do you do? I said, well, when I do stand up, I also I like to read about really good famous people. Sure, I'm a B minus comic. I'm funny if you want to come to a show, but I'm nothing You're doing like just this. Fine, man. I'm You're nothing like it. the people that are really good. Like it's their profession. I'm a really good radio host. Yeah, I'm an okay comic. But Steve Martin is one of my heroes. Yep. And before, I was born in the 80s, so I didn't really get to experience Steve Martin as when he was new and was groundbreaking. Sure, yep. But he would say, watch the top of their heads, don't watch their faces, because everybody experiences joy differently. Totally. And you're, you're projecting how you experience joy on them. Yeah. And if they're not experiencing joy, how you experience joy, you think, oh, they're not enjoying it. Yeah. So we had that conversation, 
And then we talked about why we get affected so much by when someone says something bad about us. Right. And I try to go, you know what? I'm better than that. And I don't let it get to me. Yep. But it's so hard. I keep myself the same reason I keep sweets in my refrigerator. I don't go to Facebook. Yeah. The show Facebook, because it's people that a lot of people that are just angry and I can't, it, it drives me so crazy. I just know that's my weakness. Yeah. And it hurts my feelings. And I'm I'm a sensitive artist. It's tough, dude. We all are. We all are. And I, I, honestly, we played a show with Kip Moore. I hope Kip doesn't hear this because he'll kill me. You know, he wants to put off the tough guy. He's a sensitive guy. He's like in touch with his feelings and his emotions. I mean, you could hear it in his music. He's an incredible songwriter. We played this uh, thing called the Pepsi Golf Coast Jam, I believe. And whoever hears this is not going to ever book us there again. But. Uh, it was it was an interesting show. It was like I blame the fact that it was insanely hot. It was like 110 degrees outside. It was in Florida, and uh, Kip had just gotten off stage, and we were on the bus. He's like pounding on our bus door. He's like, "Boys, let me come up there and hang out." And he's like, he was so bummed about there was like the crowd was. We saw his show. People were throwing beach balls around, and like they were for the most part having a good time. But it was hot, and it was late in the day. You know, it's probably 7:30 or 8 at night, and they were like a couple guys down in the front row or in the pit who were probably drunk or hung over and they were giving him a hard time. And he was like, I've had it. I'm done with this. Like I'm never playing. We're like, it's all right. We, we talked it out, it, but he was emotional about it. And yeah. He's a passionate guy. That's awesome though. His, his true fans like can feel that he bleeds for his art. And it's like, that's why he die hard. He has die hard fans and he's die hard. And I kept and I got into a huge blow up one time because I go, well, I'm commentating on what's happening. Right. Good or bad, I've at one point made friends and enemies at the same time of every single artist just about. Sure. Because where I've said I've really enjoyed them, I've also said things I don't like about them. Yeah, yeah. Just because if I say enough things, eventually they're all not going to be great. Of course. So, And I can't worry about that. And at times it makes it awkward in town. But then again, it comes back around and we're cool and then we're yeah, not yeah. cool again. Yeah. But with Kip one time, I said, Kip, you got to relax on the cell phones. This is me talking over the air. Stop yelling at people with their cell phones. Everybody uses their phones now. Did you hear the selfie song or whatever? It was? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. But he got so pissed at me, and we ended up three months later after we just wouldn't refuse to talk to each other, going mm-hmm. to breakfast right after, and, yep. and for like three hours, we just talked it out. Yeah, that's awesome. And there was an understanding that we're both super sensitive in different ways. Totally. And we're not on the same exact wavelength, but we're absolutely on the same highway for sure. And since that. then, it's been fantastic. That's awesome. He is. He'll shoot you straight. And like, I'll still make fun of him guy. if yeah, I yeah. need to. Yep. He sent me a video. I went to Hawaii. I don't know how to, you know. Oh, I know you went I, to And Hawaii. I told you this. I, I don't know how to <laughs> surf. I don't know how to do any of the water stuff. Yeah. Never, never grew up around wavy water. I only grew up around lake water. Right. So I get how am I supposed to be paddle, stand up paddle boarding? And you take that strap and you put it on your ankle. But I put it on my wrist because yep. I'm an idiot. I thought you were supposed to put it on your wrist. Yeah. And so I talk about the story. I actually talked about it with you guys when you came on the show, and Kip heard that segment, and he sends me a video of just him over and over strapping a thing to his leg. That's all oh, the video no was, was him strapping himself to a board over and over. That's but, incredible. Yeah, he's, Kip's a passionate dude, and I, I like Kip. Yeah, I like him too. He yeah. is a good guy. Uh, okay, well, let's get back to this. Oh, wow, Warby Parker back on. Look at that. I have so many pair of Warby Parker glasses. I'm going to just do this spot then real I might quick. I need to get a pair. Oh, dude, you can go in. I don't even know what the spot says because I haven't looked at it. The Warby Parker store is like a candy store. They have so many different kinds of Is that the one frames. in Edge Hill? Yeah. Like yes. by uh, yeah. it's coffee shop, Edge Hill Cafe over there? And they don't Top have um, brick and mortar stores everywhere. They yeah. do in Austin. They do in Nashville. And Which, by the way, I live right near that P.F. Chang's where school's out. Oh, yeah. In Austin. Out, yeah, I live it right there by happened. that P.F. Chang's. Yep. Yep. So um, Warby Parker has all these glasses for like 100 bucks, And 
It's like a shopping spree. Okay. It's unreal. There's a free home trial program from Warby Parker. I haven't, I haven't pre-read this, so I'm just going to read it. But I, I think I know most of this because I've bought them so many times. Order five pair of glasses and try them on for five days. There is no obligation to buy. It ships for free, and it includes a prepaid return shipping label. Basically, what happens is they send you these five pair of glasses, and you, you can try them all on and see which frames you like. And the ones you don't, you can send them back. Go to warbyparker.com slash bobby to order your free home try-ons today. Glasses start at 95 bucks, including prescription lenses. Lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings for every pair you buy, two pairs distributed to somebody in need. So there's also a Warby Parker iTunes app. Uh, the, the try a home kit thing really is fantastic, though, because it comes right to your house, and you put them on, and the ones you don't like, you go, ah, these don't fit my face. You just send them back. And so there... Is there any part of this that I don't know about yet? Because all that I just know from my heart. Uh, if you have an iPhone X, you can download the Warby Parker app and use their brand new feature, Find Your Fit. Well, that's interesting. It uses the iPhone X's True Depth camera to map and measure key facial features. Man, I need that to see if I'm ugly. I can use that even for not the glasses. Uh, WarbyParker.com slash Bobby. If you're a glasses wearer, just go to WarbyParker.com slash Bobby. Yeah, that's a pleasant treat having more we parked back is like this podcast has gotten so big and we never expected it it's amazing dude it's killing it i i guess but look at this equipment this is equipment that i just bought and might put it together this is not even a real studio it works and now man. we have two million subscribers that's, a, that's unreal that's it's awesome. a, it's absolutely insane it's cool okay so here we are and by the way i've tried to get you in for months and either you could do it and i couldn't or i could do it and you could it and we're finally here. we got it we're here we're hanging i like it thanks for having me man um Sorry, so, my story is so ridiculous. No, it's no, all over the place. I didn't know some of this, and a lot of times I know everything. Dude, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep giving lessons to all the struggling artists out there who are trying to get by. So we had like uh, Microsoft Paint on our computers, yeah. or like some some iteration of it, and we would make we're scammers. We made like fake coupons, or we would find a coupon that was expired, and we would change the date, and then we would go to CC's Pizza. You know, CC's amazing so good oh cc's was like 2.99 buffet oh it was 4.99 which was out of our price range so what we did is we made it like buy one get one free cc's because when you're in like the 250 range it's like it's okay not only did we do that we would go with it was the cc's by our house would close at 9 p.m we'd go at 8 40 and we would order two pizzas like custom we'd like a mac and cheese and buffalo chicken or something like that pizzas right off the front and they'd be like cool and they'd make them up and then we'd be sitting in there and then they'd be like uh, gentlemen, uh, we're, we're about to close the store. And we'd be like, what are all those pizzas up on the thing? Are you guys throwing those away? And they'd be like, yeah, we have to take them to the dumpster. And we're like, if we meet you out back, could we uh, take the leftover pizzas? And this, I mean, the people working in CeCe's were like, sure, we don't care. Sure enough, we'd walk around the back of the place with the two custom pizzas that we had just had made. And then we would get the like the pizzas they were throwing away. And we would literally eat off this pizza for like six weeks at a time. And as it became not really edible anymore we would put it on the grill out back it was dark times that's fun what so what did your parents do uh my dad's a chemical engineer he was he's retired now he coaches uh middle school soccer now really so, yeah yeah so was he, he a soccer player he was yeah, he played in college and were you an athlete you're, I, I you're built like an athlete yeah, yeah. i uh if you I, don't I, mind me noticing you're built like thanks, an athlete man. thanks man <laughs> yeah maybe that speedo i wore in here was a bad choice uh yeah, so I played football for a year in college. I went. That's like the weird thing about what I'm doing because I graduated from college from a great school. I graduated from Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, which is I'm playing that theater, Carnegie Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. In Pittsburgh, it's beautiful. Oh, that's crazy. I've never... I saw Colby Calais play there one time, and I... Jimmy e. World in the pop punk days. It was killer. I I loved Colby Calais. So good. She came through. We went to lunch one time. I don't think it was a date. 
could have been a date. It could have been a date, though. Yeah. But she played, and Amy would know the real story because she's, ah, it doesn't matter. It's, that's for a different day. Yeah, yeah. I need to hear the story. Though. Yeah, if I need. Got, I need to make sure it's on. right though before okay. I say okay. it. I need to. I need to get. You know, how it's been so long. You want to talk to the For people sure. that were also experiencing it with you to make sure it didn't turn into some fantasy in my head. Yeah, yeah. So all these stories are now that we're talking. All these like crazy stories I have when I move here coming back. I got another good one on deck here in a few minutes. Whenever you, oh, you play football in high school, what would you play? What position did you play? I played running back. So I actually was touring through high school. So I and then I I played all growing up, and then like the band, the transition band started. Sort of happening a little bit. We were touring on weekends, and then I, my parents, like, they hated me. We had kind of a, a weird falling out when I was in high school because they were like, you're so good at sports, you should play sports. And I was like, screw you, Mom and Dad, I'm playing music. Like, I want to, like, drop out of high school and go on the warp Tour, which I wasn't even invited on the warp Tour. We would show up, and we would build the stages. There was, like, the Kevin Says stage. Kevin Lyman, who ran the warp Tour, had this thing called Kevin Says Stage, and it would just be new and upcoming artists get up at six in the morning every day, you know, be putting like truss and pipes and all that stuff together and build the stage. And like two of the acts would get to play. So there would be days we'd build the whole stage, break the stage down and not even get to play. We were, wow. It's like an open mic here in Nashville. Yeah, you show up and but maybe you, were, you get on, maybe you don't, but you had to drive the van from city to city. So, but a lot of people did that, you know, and like, you're also young at the time. And I was like, this is awesome. Yes. That's how I feel when I was 17, 18, 19, doing yeah. radio, going to school full time, taking 20 hours, Broke as a joke. Yeah, it was. I think the happiest time of my life. Totally, much happier than I am now because I've, I've now put all these problems into my head that really don't, For aren't, sure. don't matter. And money's like a, and a thing now. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it's the reality of what we do. I mean, I wish I could just like write a million songs and just chill, but like we have to go out and play shows and you know travel through the night or take red eye flights to play shows. Like because we have bills to pay and we have to. Pay our band, and we have to, you know what I mean. There's and it's like a not lot of, even hard compared to what normal people like. like my right. stepdad worked at a sawmill. Yeah, every day, hated it. That yep. was hard work. Absolutely. What we do is not hard work. No, it's not. It's we really spend not. a lot of time creatively competing against other people. It's exhausting sometimes. It, we can still be mentally exhausted and physically without sleep. Sure. But when I was grinding it and actually doing the the work. When I was getting paid, I was so happy because oh, I didn't yeah. know any better. That's true. And, and money wasn't a problem because I never had – there wasn't an option of any. Yeah. There was no option of money, so I just enjoyed the art. I agree with you. That, that's, that's so true. But yeah, we were we were grinding. We had nothing. We were not getting paid. We were doing these shows and like we would have a CD or a demo. We'd be selling them to the line. You know, I, I had the whole pitch down. I had like a little headphone set and it's like, hey, you guys like Fallout Boy? And they're like, no. We like, <laughs> like hard stuff, like no effects or something. We'd be like – you're going to love our stuff. And it was otherwise, you know, we'd be like, you like no effects. You're like, no, we like pop music. Like fall out boy. We'd be like, you're going to love our Perfect. stuff. I have just Perfect. the band for you. And we would like sell CDs for five bucks to get to the next city. And that's just, would people buy them? They would. Yeah. yeah, they would. I mean, people were generous. I don't know if that still is a thing, but I mean that hustle, like all of the guys in our band and our touring crew came from that world. So we all kind of have that mentality. And I, you know, we have an amazing team around us now. We've got amazing connections at country radio and we have amazing fans, but I try to still keep that mentality with what I do. You know, here in Nashville, it's like people are like, why are you doing so many things or writing all these songs or replying to fans on social media and stuff? But it's just what I, what I'm used to, what I came up on. And it's, I mean, now we've got more of a platform. There are more fans that will come to the shows, you know, without me begging them to come to the shows. But I try to keep that same mentality. If I work as hard as I did when I was building stages at Warp Tour, we're going to have a lot of success, you know? You know, the, there's a parallel that I see between, we were talking about Kip, between Kip 
and you and Shay mm-hmm. in that you have very passionate fans. Oh yeah. And you guys grind the road oh, hard. Har- harder than people give you credit for, but you know what? You're not looking for credit. No. So it's a weird thing to say that people don't give you credit for it because you're not looking for the credit. Sure. But you guys, just from knowing what it's like to tour, because I do a little myself, combined with, and seeing you guys all out, you're, you're on the road a lot. More than the normal yeah. country act. Yeah, we are. We, are. we did, a, I think, 173 shows last year, which... And just you know, to compare, paper, most people yeah. just do weekends. Yeah. Most, like, the bigger acts will do 85 shows a year. And that's a big touring year. But, and we try to... I, I'm, you know, we're with CAA, our agency, and when we met for the first time, I was like, I come from the, you know, the world of Warp Tour where you're playing five, six nights a week. Like, I, I now I like the country thing. I like doing three nights and then coming back to Nashville and resetting the gears. But we were like, let's just tour like a rock band. Let's go out and do. We don't need to just play Friday and Saturday night. We can play a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. If you're playing clubs or House of Blues or whatever it is, like, we were grinding, playing every night. We're still doing that. I mean, we would go. Even when we're on tour, we're on tour with the Flats this summer, but we're booking our own headlining dates in between because our fans are passionate, man. They're, They're diehard, yeah. and they they want to see the full set. And you know, there's opportunity, obviously, business wise, to go do those shows. But it's good for us too to be in those cities playing for those fans, not just okay, we're going to play the major cities. You need to. I mean, that's think about country. There are country music fans everywhere, so you're not just playing New York and Boston, or you know big major cities you're playing all over the place and sometimes those shows are even crazier because the fans you know in the middle of nowhere are like no one ever comes here this is the best yeah day, i get that too year, so. i enjoy going to places where th- they're not huge circles on the map with a big city because people are yeah. so much more appreciative and i may not sell yes. many tickets exactly but the, yeah. the the great thing about what i do so in the the radio most radio people don't do things outside of the radio show right I do, and I think one of the greatest things I get from it is getting to have a dose of reality. Sure. And actually seeing and meeting people. Because I do it every – unless I'm sick. I've only ever not done it two or three shows ever. Right. Unless I'm sick or something has went wrong. Yep. I always go and the, – the theaters get mad at me for doing it. But I go in and talk to people, meet people because – that is important to me to, to stay grounded. I can be in a room Absolutely. and just talk to my friends and it goes over the airwaves, but I will lose what's really happening totally. in the world. Yeah. Me being able to go out and see people as much as I do resets me back to normalcy. Yeah, I like that. That's it gets awesome. me out of the we bubble. The and thing. for you guys too, you get out of Nashville, you see what's really happening. Yep. Not what's in this stupid bubble of, well, what's the coolest thing that's happening? Right, right. It is a bubble. And I mean, where I grew up was a bubble too. It wasn't until I moved out and started touring it was like i thought everything was perfect it was awesome but it's not always like that and you see the way like certain people live and that's why we try to when we're on stage even if there's like technical difficulties if the venue sucks or whatever it is like give 110 percent because even like if there's five people there those five people don't care that there's not six people there that was a hard thing for me to do but yeah. you're absolutely right you have to yeah. give your all to those people because like and and it it's even more impactful than when you play for 20,000 people in an arena because those people, they feel special. And like, I remember being a kid going to shows and if an artist got up there and phoned it in because the show wasn't sold out, it's like, you know what? I don't know if I love that artist, but if we go out there and play like, you know, in front of five people, like we're playing in front of a big festival crowd, it's, it's going to go a long way. We've always had that mentality. So it's, that took me a while and I, somebody wrote a book, Charlie Daniels wrote a book said, uh, don't look at the, the, the empty seats, the empty seats. Yeah, yeah. and that's something over the past couple of years that I've really appreciated is putting forth the effort when it, 
when it feels like you should be down. Like, oh, For man, sure. this didn't sell out. But again, nobody – I went to watch Adam Carolla. Here's an example. Yeah. Mike Dean, I went to watch Adam Carolla. And in Nashville? And t- yeah, at TPAC. Cool. And the place was half full. And, yeah. I was, and I was looking around. Like, wow, this place is half full. I, I kind of feel – but nobody there was looking behind them at any nope. single seat. No. Nope. And it – again, going to shows yep. reset me on how to do shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you also – you know, on the other, on the flip side of that, you'll go to shows and see artists who do notice those empty seats and are complaining. You could tell they're just cutting the set short and doing whatever, and you're like, "That's the guy I don't want to be." So, yeah, and I, I was early that guy, but now I'm the exact opposite. That's awesome, and I appreciate it because. And I went to a John Mayer show in Minneapolis, and I went through the meet and greet line. Yep. Not as later. Later, I went. I hung out. I was cool later, but he was at, on the show at the beginning. I, I was listening. I wanted to go through a meet and greet line to see what it's like to go through a meet and greet line because where I am now, I get a lot of things. Right. Because of my position, people say, "Hey, don't worry about it." And totally. I've known John Mayer for a bit. We've probably had ten instances together. Yep. So I don't know him, know him, but professionally, right, we know each other. Across and now we actually follow each other on social media and stuff. That's awesome. So maybe we'd recognize. He'd recognize me. I'd recognize him. I'd be like, "What up?" So, but I went through the meet and greet line. And it was 45 minutes or so, and I sat, and I just talked to people, and it just gave me a new respect for even people that come to the meeting. Totally, man. It was just, it was, it's really good for me to do stuff like that. It blows my mind. We were just in Europe. We were in Europe in December, and it's like, we came a long way. We're like really far from where Shay grew up in Arkansas, where I grew up in Pennsylvania, or where we live now in Nashville. We're an ocean away, and there are people who like canceled their plans booked flights, whatever it is, to come see us play. That It, it kind of blows my mind. Like, doesn't it make you feel a little guilty? It does. I, to me, it does. I, I'm I like, feel like, why I would they the come see me? I wouldn't go see me. I wouldn't go see me yeah, either. Exactly. And I'm so grateful to people that do, but I almost want to apologize before the show yep. and say, oh, you just spent maybe, you know, 30 bucks, totally. 35 bucks, and oh, I hope I do good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like we have, we're so lucky. Our fans are probably all listening right now, but... We've got fans. Our friend Kayla, she's like our biggest fan. She's so good to us, so loyal. We played the halftime show at the Steelers game the other day, and she, her and her friend, like took a flight or drove and came all the way to the game to see us play two and a half songs, like diehard. But last night, her and a bunch of other fans of ours started gifting like people, not just buying our song on iTunes. They were like, "The guys are in the top ten on all genres. We should see if we can get them to number one." Literally, we're just with their credit card in the thing, gifting our song to like. Anybody who DM them on Twitter, probably spending a hundred dollars, like gifting the same song over and over. And that's amazing. And I felt I had a messenger. I was like, look, so nice of you. You can stop. Like, I, I want to go to number one too, but like, you're just like too kind and I feel guilty. That's yeah. You feel like I, I do anyway. I feel like, man, I'm just not worthy of this. I feel the same. And way. I hope I never don't feel that way. If that makes sense. For sure. Cause I don't ever want to take it for granted. Neither do I. It's a good thing about being in a duo. If we ever, if one of us ever is like starting to get a little bit taking it for granted, it's like you need to shape up, like get you know, punch the other guy in the arm. So when you guys finally decided on Dan and Shay, the name, the name, yeah, like yeah. we're really just gonna. It probably had to be like, well, we couldn't come up with the name, so we're just gonna be Dan totally. and Shay. Yeah, yeah. What was that conversation, and who was the one that said, okay, we think it just should be Dan and Shay? Was it Espo? I don't remember exactly how it happened, but we. Our managers, we we work with Scooter Braun, um, you know. Which, obviously. by the way, is funny because I was with Scooter the, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. and He's Scooter goes, me. "Hold on," and Facetimes you. He's the king of Facetiming. While I'm sitting with Scooter Always in Los FaceTime. Angeles, yeah. I don't know where you guys were. You were driving. You were driving though. Well, we were on the bus, I think. Doing, or was I at home? I don't no. know. Well, whatever. I remember it. Yeah. So Scooter's part of the 
hey, we're going to name you guys Dan and Shay. Yeah, he was part of that. He was like, you guys are like recognizable by your names because we had met with Scooter. We'd flown out. We've had like insane experiences at Scooter's place. Like Scooter, by the way, is Justin Bieber, Kanye, Carly Kloss, Usher, uh, uh, manager, like yeah, monster. Ariana Grande, everybody. Right. And we would like go out and jam with Justin Bieber and Selena. We'd be playing guitar and singing and doing all this stuff and like crazy, like these nights that you see in you know at HBO series, like crazy stuff. And uh, he was always just like, everybody knows you guys as Dan and Shay. It's cool, like for the branding and. Instead of having some band name that you have to reinvent some new moniker, it's like, why not just go by your names? Then people will know you guys and do whatever. We're like, we don't have any other ideas. Sure, let's go with it. And then I got with my buddy Pete Tracy. Pete Tracy also moved to Nashville with me when I moved here. He's from Pittsburgh. And like, he was on the dark time, the dark train with us for a long time. But he's he's crushing it now. He's he Did Did you see Jillian's new video, Jillian Jacqueline? I did, yeah, for reasons, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Like, I, ch- like I checked her out Anderson. for three months. She opened for, yeah. uh, she's fantastic. I put her in the, my class of 2017. Yep, I saw that. And took her out for three months and she opened for us. And Brandon Ray's opened it for me. The next, I just like, I just love the new artists, man. I'm yeah, fascinated with talent. You're such a big part of their careers though and breaking them. I mean, they're, they get to a certain level, I mean, because of the exposure that you give them. So Who I was stoked the- on Jillian whenever you did that because... I've known Jillian since Andy and I moved. Oh, together. we talked about this at the Hall of Fame because you guys came up to my radio Hall of Fame. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. Shay didn't. It was. Just, did we you? were both there. Shay, Shay he, just checked out. Yeah, he, he was. He was physically there. Okay, yeah, he was rocking. So you and I were talking at a bar in Chicago. Yep. And it was. If I'm stepping out of turn, tell me. But you took Devin and Jillian both to a label. Yeah. Right. Is yeah, it, it's Warner Brothers. You took them mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I played a. I played Devin's music for our buddy who's now he's not at Warner Brothers anymore and Wait, Devin's not at Warner Brothers anymore? No, Devin's at Warner okay. Brothers, but our buddy who was uh had a promo over there and played it for him and a bunch of people on the label and you know oh, I have a great relationship with John Esposito. Eyeballing talent too. I'm trying, Look man. At this I'm guy. trying. They're, because they're both fantastic. Yeah, they're but awesome. You, are you close to De- you're closer to Devin though than you and another artist? Like what's yeah, that, Devin's what's one of my that best friends. Devin sang the first dance at my wedding. He's great. Like I, I believe in Devin so much. That's another talk about a guy who's passionate about his art. Devin his, Dawson, by the way. Yeah, his yeah. record's coming out this week. So I, I mean, he is just he he's an amazing songwriter. We met first. We were just we were writing songs together, and um, I was just like, this guy's prolific. Like his words are insane. His voice, his voice to me when I first heard him, I he was playing at the basement, not the basement east, but the regular the small basement. You know, like your ba- the basement in your house. Yeah, the, ba- yeah, the <laughs> basement. Playing in my house. My- at the basement, no, basement, I don't even have a basement, but uh, he was playing at the basement, and we had written that day. And I told my wife Abby, I was like, "Yo, she's a huge music fan too. She's like R A and R, you know. She knows all all the good artists before I do, and picks our singles and the whole deal." Uh, but I was like, "You got to go see this guy I wrote with today. Like, he's insane." And we saw him at the basement, and I was like, "This guy's a star, incredible." I mean, his voice has like a soulful. I mean, it's like a Gavin DeGraw kind of sound in his voice. He's got like a raspy kind of thing. I don't know. I just think that guy, and he's got his old branding and the monochromatic vibe. And remember, he told he spit on people. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> when Devin? Pl- yeah, when he was playing that, you know, the punk. The yeah, rock he was in that scene. He too. was like, "Well, I just, we just spit on people." Yeah, <laughs> from stage. I love Devin. He's he's absolutely incredible. Um, we share a love of tequila. He he brings nice tequila bottles over to my house, and we enjoy him. But Jillian is one of my you know oldest friends here in Nashville we've been writing songs together since that she'd been in that bad house that I was living in so yeah ask her about that place but uh yeah she's awesome man and she's to- she's so cool she's amazing she's an amazing songwriter amazing singer she's beautiful 
has a great attitude. She's been in this town. I, I, I like find that happens. Like the people who have the most success have been here, like cutting their teeth for a long time. Like everybody just thinks stay at it. People, people probably think whenever you announced her into that class that she was like, oh, this girl just like got it made. Like Bobby's going to blow her up, whatever. She'd been here for a She'd been here longer than me. So she's been here for probably 10, at least 10 years. And she's a new artist at the same time. Exactly. Right. I mean, to we get everyone, nominated for new artists at these award shows. I'm yeah. like, dude, I've been at this thing, but I'll take it. It takes you forever know. to be an overnight success. It does. So, okay. So you're Dan plus Shay. And that Dan had to be a Shea. thing at first because I bet everyone was calling you Dan plus Shay. Oh my God. They still do. Oh, do they? This is Dan plus Shay with their first single, 19 You Plus Me. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> but you know what? To be fair, yeah, it's it all is good. a plus sign. It is. It is. And we had this, like, I always am, like, thinking too many steps in advance. I probably should enjoy the moment a little more. But Pat and I, Pete Tracy has, like, been referring to him. Like, we had this whole vision for the brand. And, you know, we could see, like, Taylor Swift does the heart things at her shows with her hands. I was like, I want to make our fans, you know, if we ever have, we didn't have any fans at this point. It's like, what if they like put their hands up and made a, it's going to be hard for them to make an ampersand with their hands. So like, <laughs> let's use the a plus. sign. Yes. Uh, so they can do plus signs with their fingers. They do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't really do it as much anymore. Our show is like so full throttle and you know, did you used to do that at the plus signs? Every show. If you dig back on our Instagram, I should probably bring that back. It's kind of a cool thing. It I'd is a cool like, thing. Yeah. You know, I'd take a picture of the crowd, which I stole that from Ed Sheeran. He would take pictures of the crowd every single night, you know, like even from when he was playing clubs and it's cool to watch his progress. Now he's doing five nights at Wembley stadium, but, uh, he would always take a picture of the crowd. So we would do that. And then we would try to do the plus sign thing. And we'd be like, put your hands up and you'd have to explain it at first. Kids are like, why am I doing it? Okay. I, I see it now, but we'd make them, uh, put the plus sign up with their fingers. And that's a cool a thing. And nobody does that, that, that exact thing. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone do the plus sign thing. So I, I haven't seen anybody. I think you should bring it back. I might bring it back. It's hard. It's hard to have a thing nowadays because everybody's got a thing. Totally. So it's hard to have a thing when everybody's got a thing. Yep. That's the thing. If if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. It it did like at first it confused a lot of people and our like some folks at our record label were like, we should just change it to the end like this. I'm like, people will eventually get it. And if they're talking about us and they're playing our song, so what? It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's just one more thing to talk about. So, yeah, we we had to grind away for a few years with the plus sign thing. But there are still a few people. Dan Blachet, you know, it's like, all right, we're done here. You bring up Abby, your wife. So, let's tell me why my story's wrong again. You can just always say, hey, stop talking. So, she was working at your label. She was. And yes. you were dating, so she stopped working at the label because she couldn't date you while working at the label. Is that true? Kind of, yeah. She was, she was working at the label. She was uh, a regional, a promo rep of ours, which is like the toughest job in the entire world. I mean, I... Not the entire it, world, but it's a tough job. Yeah, it is. Yes, okay. in, in, in the, let's, I, not, not the world, not the world. Let's ease up the hyperbole for uh, a second yeah, okay, on that, but cool. yes, yes. I'm a dramatic guy. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but in the music industry, I think that is the most difficult job. They, as much as we tour, they're working five or six artists simultaneously, and they're out knocking on radio stations' doors at 6 a.m., saying, hey, our Dan and Shea record is looking a little weak you know, right now. Like We need to get some spins, and it's just... It's like a sales job. It's so tough. And then when a new artist like us comes out, they go on a radio tour. And that's like so grueling. We'd be doing four stations a day and then you're going out to dinner and you're hanging with program directors and it all pays off in the end. It's great. You need to make those relationships. And country radio is very, you know, close knit and it's a family. Relationship driven. It's so good relationship and bad in many for ways. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we've had great luck. You know, we, people have been so kind to us, but it's. Well, you guys are nice though. Yeah, there's nothing super pretentious about you two when you show up in a room, and you yeah. have Shay who's just like, da, 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 you know, totally. He's a good one to for sure. Shay is my Amy. Yep, 
Because I am, when I'm not working, I got nothing to say. Same. I'm quiet. I prefer to be creative in my own head. Yeah. Write it on a computer. Write Same it. here. And I'm just not that outward. But I can take Amy and people will like me. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. Amy's awesome and she's so gregarious in a room. Yeah, yeah. And so, But you guys are nice to be around. Thank you for saying that. Likewise. I likewise. never disliked you. I don't know if you guys ever got mad at me when I was calling you the Savage Garden of Country Radio. I'll take that, man. Again, people, somebody's talking about us. you got a big audience and people are talking and about us. And you guys us. came in and sang Savage Garden and crushed it. And I thought that's when I was like, oh, these guys are better than other people. Because I, awesome. to be on a certain level, I mean, to have a deal, you have to be so good. For really. Because sure. it's a talent of elite talent and the elite of the elite. Yeah. It's a record deal. And, they, and then there's luck involved, too, because there are a lot of talented people in this town who don't have record deals. Yeah, but I think you can make decisions to change your luck. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not a big luck guy, generally. Okay. I'm just not a big luck guy. But that being said, I knew you guys would have to be good to have a deal. But when you came in, after I would say, oh, these guys sound like the Savage Garden of, of Country Radio, and you guys sang, I just remember going, oh, they're different. They're better than everybody. That's awesome. They're, Thank you, man. And, but you guys weren't around a lot because you were touring all the time, too. Sure. But I remember thinking... Oh, they're better than everybody. They're way better than people. And they're not asking for credit, but they're way better than people give them credit Thank for. You. Thank you for saying You guys that. did Boys to Men, which is how Scooter and I got to know each other. Do you know the story? I don't know the story. Okay. Two Boys to Men? Yes. So I'm, you guys came in and, you know, me, I love all formats of music. Of course. I think formats are garbage, I, by the we way. We all do. Okay. Honestly, and the people who say they don't, all the people out there who say, I only listen to certain thing, they're in their truck or their car bumping every kind of music that... Anything that makes them feel something, they're they're listening to it. Even the most we won't I will not mention a name, but even the most country of artists yep. that I know. Yep. Loves all kinds of music. hundred percent. It it the artists that people you, yell about, like, that's real country. That's it. That person is probably listening to Twenty One Savage right now. Like I hate yeah. to burst bubble, but they got yeah. Yeah, and if you restrict yourself to a certain thing because of its genre lines and say I can only listen or you deny yourself from liking a certain thing that you actually like, you're just cheating yourself. I was doing a YouTube video, and I'm doing a lot of projects with Scooter now on the television side. So, um, working on multiple ones, but the reason is because of you guys. What happened was, so he manages you guys. Mm -hmm. Him and Jason Owen at Sandbox in town. You guys came in, and we were going back and forth, and you guys were playing all these songs out of format, and I'm like, oh, do this one, and I was singing along, doing this. And he was like, wait, you're not the normal country guy. He said, so I started going down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos, and saw that you do all kinds of music, and you have a, a, a different look about you and it was like so I thought I'm gonna keep that guy's name and when something comes up and then he calls and that's awesome then that's how we started a business it was I forgot about this it was you freaking guys he saw a YouTube video of us singing together I knew we were good for something yeah I knew we were good look for something look at that so, that's cool let's fast forward because I don't know how long we've been talking I could do five of these how long we wait, okay let's go to right now Oh, you and Shay, you're plus each other. You met, had a baby. I don't know what happened. Yeah, we, we got all the comments. Stan plus Shay, what does that equal? All that. You do the math. I want to tell you about what's happening right now. And again, people will hear this who knows when, but they just put out, Dan and Shay put out tequila. And what, what's playing over here, Mike? Hold on. I turned it off. I got it. Hot punk. I got it. So you put out this song, Tequila. When I taste tequila it's doing. It has cut through more than any other song I feel you guys have put out initially. Oh, yeah. Big time. You guys have had some monster hits that have had slow grinds. Yeah. That it's taken people a while to get to, either the radio people or the fans. Yep. This has been the biggest song for you guys from the initial pop. It's been incredible. I've, yeah, I've not been shy about sharing the, the numbers or whatever on, on the internet, but it is incredible. We work so hard on these songs and uh, making the tracks. and. I, People, I, I think a lot of times don't appreciate 
what goes into a song. You know, even if somebody's out there criticizing a song and doing whatever, that song had to like start with somebody writing it, right? Maybe on an acoustic guitar or piano and then be demoed and somebody at a label had to be like, yeah, I like that. We should go in the studio and pay for that to be recorded. We should cut that. Then it gets mixed and mastered and then there's a lot of steps that a song goes through uh, from when it's written to when somebody hears it. And to see this song doing so well, I start tracing those steps back and it's like, I spent a lot of time working on that track, you know, producing the, you know, the drum loops or whatever and editing vocals. We do it all at my house. So it's like a lot of time went into that and I was so nervous before we put it out because it starts with a piano and a vocal, which, you know, for the people out there who don't know is like a little bit risky at country radio or radio in general because it's like ballads are tougher to fit into a playlist because they slow down the pace of your radio station. But we're just are in this place now where, you know, luckily ballads have worked for Dan and Shay. We've had success on From the Ground Up was our biggest song previously, and that's... Look at that. There Look at is. that. You're a pro. And this one had probably the second biggest from the from the beginning where yeah. I felt it. This was a big one from It the was beginning. big for us, yeah. yeah. And uh, we've been... It's, it's funny because that this song is our biggest hit, changed our lives, changed our career. We've been on a whole other level since this song came out, but... Uh, since Tequila came out, that's the stat comparison. So I'll get emails from Espo or, you know, whoever from the label, and it says Tequila has sold in the first four days. It was out uh, thirty-two thousand downloads on iTunes versus fifteen thousand of from the ground up. So almost double. An additional stat is that the market in general on track sales is down fifty yeah. percent. Like you're going up while the market's going down. So you you can hypothetically say it's almost double what right. it is. So it's if you do that in your head, it's like this is so impactful and just to see how that's how far that song went for us is insane and this one is i mean it's been number one on the country chart which is incredible but then there's some heavy hitters in the all genres chart there's bruno mars has filthy out right now or Justin just timberlake and bruno has finesse uh imagine dragons thunder all these songs are in the top 10 on the radio at pop which is an insanely big audience and tequila for some reason is like the little engine that could and it's just camped out in the top five or top 10, you know, the last couple of weeks. And this, I don't know, it's, it's surreal to me to see that happen because it's still so early in the radio, you know, country radio climb. It's, it's a long climb for a new artist. But. It is. And this song could cross over a bit. I don't know. You probably have thought about that and never said it out loud, but this song could cross over a bit. Yeah. I think, uh, on this round, we, you know, we did face a lot of the haters. I think, that was kind of our evolution when we first put out our, you know, the Where It All Began album. We we didn't know what we were doing on that album. That was just demos that we were doing in my living room or whatever on Logic. Uh, and we were just kind of like two guys figuring it out. In the second record, we kind of were reactive a little bit of those people on Twitter or at festivals saying like, you guys are ruining country music with that Myrtle Beach song, the 19 You and Me song, you know, that you guys are... So we were like, we should do a little bit more of a country thing and... Yeah, this was the one that ruined country music, I guess. But oh yeah, totally ruined the ruined format. it. Yeah, except this, everybody sang the, it every time I came on the radio. You hear this now, and this is like down the middle of yeah. country. But at the time, it was very left to center. Um, but all the artists that break through, Sam Hunt, whenever his stuff came out, was like so pushing boundaries, or even Kelsey, or anybody who was doing their thing. But now you listen back to that, and you're like, that sounds like a normal country song, more traditional than some stuff on the radio. And what you just talked about has been done a thousand times by. Just my conversation with Garth about this specifically, and I talked. Well, Garth is the pioneer of that. He said they want to run him out of town because yeah. what he was doing was so different than everybody else yep. that he was ruining country music. Oh yeah, and not to compare Kelsey or you or Sam to Garth because everybody's in their own space, but it's just the same story, even from the biggest people. Yeah, where you think, oh, well, that's what country is. Like he always was. 
No, Gar- I sat with Garth and he said, they told me that this is not country music. Yeah. I should stop making it. For sure. I mean, on this record, we were just... We were just like, you know what? We love what we love. We take all our influences. Obviously, we moved here because we want to write country songs. We love country music. But we were just like, we should just record what we know how to record and record great songs, no matter who writes them. We figured that out on our last record. We you know, we came here as songwriters, but to have a successful artist career, you need to always record the best song, whether you write it or you don't. Adam Hambrick wrote How Not To. We heard that demo come in. That's a funny story, too, but that song came in, and we didn't write it, and we were like, you know what? This is... This is what you heard right here. This is Adam. No, this isn't even the version yes. I heard. Oh, this is. Oh, this is. He re-recorded it. I think this sounds amazing. Here's the demo. You got it. Look at that. Here's the work tape. I never heard this. Still sounds like a hit, though. You know. So we took Adam out with us, and he played with Raging Idiots for yeah. four months. That's and amazing. so he would play this song, and every every night play, I had a little bit of you guys in my heart. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, but the but, thing is, you talk about artists writing for you. You also write for other artists. Yeah, we've had a little bit of luck with that. We're we're still always. It's a little bit difficult now that we're doing our own projects because you write. You know, I, I think I wrote like ninety four songs last year, or something insane. Uh, but you always want to like keep the best songs for yourself. You know, our artist career is obviously the most important thing. And then when somebody hears something like that tequila song. Uh, I wrote it with Nicole Galleon, who I think you've talked yeah. to her. And yeah, we're, we, talked, we talked today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, friends she's with brilliant. Yeah. She's like one step ahead of everybody else. Um, she wrote, right now, she's got female from Keith Urban out there. She's And boy, for and, Lee Bryce, which boy, are yeah. like some of the best, most well-written songs on country radio. Uh, and my friend Jordan Reynolds. And uh, what was I talking about writing that song? Oh, yeah, we, we wrote that song, and it was one of the ones, from the ground up was the same thing, where we sat on the demo for a little while, we sat on it for like a year. Before we recorded it, and it had circulated to other artists, you know, publishers, and even tequi- tequila circulated. Tequila, yeah, and it circulated. I would get texts from artists and be like, "Dude, if you guys aren't cutting that song, I'm cutting that. Like, I'm gonna put it on my record." And then you're like, oh, "Should I give that song away?" Because you never know what's gonna end up making that song. May never have made our record. You know, we may have beat it or written something else. Like, I should have gave that away, but uh, you know, it, it it always finds the right home somehow. I don't know. It's, or it's the home that it has is just what you know. It's true. Because there could have been songs yeah, that did. Listen, I'm just not a, I'm just not a, des, a destiny guy. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you but. Cheat, you make your own. I do enjoy tequila, the song. I've never actually tasted tequila, the drink, but I do enjoy tequila, Thank you. the song. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. I solo the vocals. I put them on the internet. This is them. My wife sings background vocals on this. I saw you post that. I didn't yeah. know that, but yeah. Like the, she killed it. first time ever on the track. I was, we just do all this in our right house. There? Yeah, right there. And that little Justin Bieber thing in the back, I should have pulled up my... I saw Zach Rowell was on here like soloing out tracks. We'll do that next time. So I just took the tequila thing and pitch shifted it up 12 cents and it made that little crazy tequila sound. And the thing is, you're such a... Like, this is you doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. People don't know that you're... that. Shay is an excellent. It's, a, it's such a great team. Yeah. Because for the most part, you're the brains that's putting these sounds together in a, in a lab. And Shay's the one singing sure. his freaking brains out on yeah. stage. With, and, but you're both are doing the other things too. For sure. He's literally the best singer I've ever heard. It's, it's like insane. It's amazing to watch somebody who's like never heard him sing in person watch their reaction. Oh, that's what happened to me when you guys yeah. came in the first. I was like, oh, yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Yep, game over. Yep. It's insane. I still get blown away by it. I'm like, when I when he's in the studio, especially live, 
is there's a lot of great live singers, but in the studio is like very vulnerable place. And I mean, just the timing and the tone and like, I look at, you know, I'll pull up a, you know, a pitch thing and look at where he is. I mean, he's like spot on. It's, it's a gift. It really is. I mean, it's, and he can wake up in the morning and sing too. It's like, you know, he'll come in on the radio show and sing boys to men, which is like, that's a hard song to sing. Yeah. I didn't ask you guys to sing the last time because I was like, you want him to sing? I was like, no, I think they need, they let's, let's, let's let them have a little time. Thanks, They're in the middle. Man. You guys have just crushed it so many times. So man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. Thank you, man. You you've been there since the beginning, so it's been uh, kind of not really, but kind of like I, I mean, was, you, you I've been were there. there. I didn't know what I was doing when you started. I wish no, I could have we been the guy that was out. like, "Dan, Shay, the best ever. You should trust me." I didn't even know what I was talking about. But you know what? I think now we've settled into our places after the, we're like kind of on the same timeline, and we've settled in, and we just do us. You know, like you're doing your thing. If there's a few haters out there, so what? They don't have to listen. You do your thing, and we're making the music we want to make, and that's what we did on Tequila. Like we. Could have went more country, could have went more pop, but we just did what we know how to do, and we're like, you know what? Country music is just about great songs and great stories, and that's what we did. And yeah, it's maybe a ballad, it maybe slower than some of the other stuff we've recorded. Yeah, stop explaining yourself, everybody. And I've, I, I feel like you've been built defensive because people have been saying, "Oh, you're yeah, not." Yeah. I'm just being honest, hey, man. I, I, d- yeah, s- screw it. Don't be defensive. We just did. Don't our thing. explain it. That's right. We just did our thing. You did it, and, and it's, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Man. That's it. Likewise. No, no, You're I don't doing, care about me. I do this. It's all true time. though. You're doing your thing. I'm definitely unapologetically. Doing my thing. Kelsey Bellarini's album title. Yes. But it's true. I mean, you're doing your thing, and you have a huge following, and it's massively successful because you're doing your. I thing. I want to talk about me, but you got to shake that ex- explanation. You all don't right. have to explain. Cool. How many number ones do you have? Three. A- as an artist. Three. Okay, and how many have you written on? Two. So it's it, funny though. Nineteen, you and me was one of our biggest songs. Went to number eleven on the chart. That's all that song went to. Eleven. You know, Ma- Keith Urban said to me, he, well, "I went to." Uh, it doesn't matter. I was hanging with Keith yeah. Urban. I start name dropping too much. Even I annoy myself. So I start. I'm hanging with Keith Urban. We're talking about songs, yep. and he's like, oh, "Man, he's like, I don't if it was uh, Stupid Boy or whatever." Yeah. It was like it wasn't even the number one song, and, yep. and it's what people. Stupid ma- Boy wasn't. I don't remember yeah, which one yeah. it was specifically. It's probably like our favorite song, you know. Yes, and he was like, it wasn't the number one song, but it's the one that people want me to play the most. The fans don't know; they don't care if they love a song and it hits them like it makes them feel something. They don't care where it ends up. We in this town, we care, and I, everybody out there, I care. I want our songs to go to number one, obviously. Of course, because you want to eat. And yeah, have, when you have kids, and it, it and, is rewarding. I mean, it doesn't get any higher than going number one, so that's that's a great place. Except to go. number one for two weeks. Listen, there's always yeah, a place. You're I'm right. Gonna, I'm in a spiral right. of. That's you're why right. I go to therapy. But. uh the fans, if it connects, like we've had stuff die at 35 on the chart that pop off at our shows. I talked to Thomas Red about this. See, here I go name drop. Oh, Vacation. That, vacation. That to him, yeah. get crushed into the song, didn't do that well at all. Yeah. And he's like, I play it live and people freak out. We were in the back of the bus and he he was about to go to radio with that song and he said there was like 11 guys that had hit him up and said, I will never play this song. And he was like, you know what? It's so good at my show. If we can get any visibility on this song, it's going to be even better in the show. So screw it. And that, that was awesome. That was risky. That was a bold move of him. And it's, it, I mean, we toured with him. It goes off at his show. Yeah. He even played it at New Year's Eve. And I texted him afterward. And I was like, dude, it was great. I don't care what yeah. stupid radio says. Yeah. And was, I love radio and I hate radio. And I yeah. can be both. Now, radio is in country music is the driving force behind what we do. It's like you want to have hits, but I mean, it would be a lot tougher for Thomas Rhett to put out vacation had he not had Die Happy Man, you know? So, for, you know, and, and we'll end on this. What's frustrating for me is I wish there were a way. Because people aren't buying music as much. Right. They're streaming it more. Yep. 
not totally, but a large market share is is streaming music. I wish there was a legitimate way to see how many people are playing the song because we're not knowing people's algorithms. Sure. sure. I, I've said this before. Spotify, for example, I have friends that have 13 million plays on a song. Right. And they can't sell 50 people at a bar. It's true. And then true. I have some friends that have 300,000 and they can sell hard tickets. It's interesting. It's so weird. What's the metric? You know, how do you judge? They don't tell us. Yeah. They also, Apple also doesn't reveal theirs. No yeah. one reveals theirs. But how I wish you... there was some kind of real, like, this is how I would do it in a yeah. perfect world. First of all, there'd be legislation. There should be anyway for songwriters. Sure, sure. But in order to say a song played this much because it's used for data, yep. it has to actually be played singularly for a certain amount of time. For a certain amount of time. Sure. We don't know if a song is just on a playlist. If one song gets played on the playlist, everybody gets a, a count of a spin. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows, and it probably doesn't, mm-hmm. but we don't know, and I wish there was a way to quantify that. But since it's all private... Right. They don't have to. Right. I just wish there were a way because it would make my life easier to go, oh, that's what people are really listening to. Sure. Because with Apple Music, with Spotify, with Tidal, that you can't look at those numbers right. because, again, there are artists I've never even heard of that – and I have no problem with people gaming the system, buying YouTube views, buying – that's yeah. just part of the, the game. It's of, always going to happen. Always. As soon as they shut it, there's someone else. And I've happen. been guilty of it too. Yeah, you – you can't fake having tickets in in, Absol- a, in that, a place. That's absolutely. the metric. What I've ever used it for when I game the system is to like to get uh, guests when I was starting off in Austin. Right, right. I would do all this stuff to make the show look bigger because people yeah. that didn't know the show would see the number and go, oh, they must be bigger than they are. absolutely. Let them book. It was always for a later I mean, it happens purpose. with press too. We'll get a hit up for an interview. It's like this blog gets this many million views or whatever and we're like, seems like a great opportunity. Let's do it. And it's like, is that real? I don't know. No, <laughs> Maybe not. Nothing is real. Yeah. And as long as you know nothing is simulation? real, right now we might have goggles on, as Shay would say. Stay tuned for part two. Yes. So my point is I wish there was some sort of thing to look at where there used to actually be record sales. But even then, sure. people would buy bulk records True. themselves. It was maybe even easier then for just a common common artist to do it. Nothing is real. No, the only crazy. thing that's real are people's faces that come to shows and buy yeah. tickets. That's the only real thing. Now is a great time to be a new artist, though, because there's so many platforms to get your music out there. You and you can make music in your bedroom. You can blow up a laptop. We made our first record on my laptop. You know, you can. With technology, I agree. Here's where I disagree. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. There are so many it. new artists because of it makes that. your job harder. It makes radio. It makes job even harder. the artist's job harder. Yeah, but it makes the quality better because that many more people are yes. competing. So as the consumer. It makes it better for us. Exactly. Because what we're getting true. is the best of the best of the best. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, there are some really good songs on country radio. They're, it, and they're all fighting for that same spot. It is hard to get a song up the chart. And, and the charts are stupid. Don't even be sorry about the charts either on radio. But, but I will there's go so many it, songs. That, and they're all great because... They're not like, all great. There's some of them are big turds. And I'm a like, lot of great songs. How's that so. happen? Yes, there but, are a lot of great and, songs. Or if you look on YouTube, you look up so-and-so's cover of a certain song. It's like so many... These kids should all have record deals. They're all great because... Or, you know, most of them are great because, I don't know, there's other people that are doing it. There's just like a lot, I don't know, the access is, there's so much access. And yeah, it's a little oversaturated when you're an artist and you're like, crap, he's really good too. But for the consumer, you're right. There is so much good stuff. And it's it's the access for it. You can listen anywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. I mean. I didn't even mention Amazon. Like there are, yes, That's a huge yeah, infrastructure. There's a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, tequila's out. What are we looking at time frame for a full record? I'm working on it tonight. I was working on it today. So yeah. we're uh, we're in the process right now. We've recorded maybe like 10. We'll probably Second do... quarter? 
of yeah, the year? sometime this year. Yeah, so middle of the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably sprinkle out a few songs in, in the meantime. But uh, I'm pumped. I'll, when we when we hang up here, I'll play you a few things. Are we on the phone right now? We are. We're on oh, the phone. I don't listen. I, I don't listen to songs. You just don't like songs. No, no, no. I I don't listen to songs early, okay. even from my friends. Yeah. The only people I'll listen to. I was early. with you when Keith Urban sent you a song once. Yeah, that's you probably you had to listen to that. I, it's when Keith sends you a song, come on. Did, you, you know, your we phone were, literally blew up and it said Keith on it, and I was like, Keith who? And you're like, you try to play it off, and it was Keith Urban sent a new song or a demo. For on some it. reason, he does send me new every time he sends me new songs, like two or three weeks. Early. He's in a league of his own. He's the coolest guy ever. Yeah, he is. When he was on your show and he was playing the mashup of all his hits, I was like, Yeah, this, he just wins. He he, wins. he is. I don't, I don't want to gush about him too much, but he is. He's awesome. Yeah, and. As a person, even better as an artist. Insane. Just like elevates the game every yeah. single time. And anybody that he works with goes, oh, yeah, I used to think somebody was good until Keith got in. It's kind of like humiliating sometimes, you know? So I don't listen to music because here's why. I hate having to do the, oh, yeah, oh, I'm li- yeah. Mm. It's awkward. And if I do listen to music, I do it, and it's so rare. I wouldn't even listen to Stapleton's record. He sent it to me early. Yeah. I said, Chris, I'm not going to listen to it because – I want to experience it with my people. That's cool. I like that. So, I, yeah, I probably listen to Keats if it was a single over a text. But you and I, I, as I'm thinking about listening to music, we had an early bond over Walker Hayes too. Yes. Because you, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, yep. and you were like, oh, you, you texted me like, oh, yeah, it's off the wall. Listen to Halloween. Yeah, we took him on tour. And so did so I. So did you. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He's prolific too. Have you, Wordsmith, man. Yeah, that, have you written a song with him before? Yes. We wrote Namaste together. Oh, sick. Yeah. So he's brilliant. He's another guy who's like one step ahead of everybody in the room. You just can't catch up, so you just go along for the ride when he yeah. starts using words. Yep. He's, he's a poet. It's insane. And his flow, his jawline, go on, go on and on. Shoulders. Shoulders oh, of a lion. you seen him do pull-ups? Yeah. Next, uh, oh, dude. He can he do 30 a, pull-ups. He is pretty beefy. Yeah, he's, it's insane. Yeah. And he's got, he had all his kids, though. We, we rode Amy's. I get, Mike, give me three more minutes and I'll be done. I'm here all night. We, we could literally do this three hours and just talk about music. I'm but, good with it. Um, we went over to uh, when Amy's kids came in from Haiti. Yep. So some friends came over to Amy's, and it was all just people in our circle. Yeah. Because it was a very personal thing for her. And, totally. But in our circle, there are some artists. Yep. And it was Walker. It was Eric Paslay. It was cool. Steve Mokler. It, I grew up with Steve Mokler. Really? My guy, yeah. Nice, nice guy. The best. I mean, immigrates. It's so, it's so nice. The nicest people. So, so nice. another brilliant songwriter and wordsmith. Walker had his kids, kids, and all yeah. uh, six of them were there. And it was the first time I'd ever seen them all together at one point. And it was really I mean, dun, 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 dun. here's yeah. a story. But they're all it's like and they're all so well behaved. He he's so fertile. So fertile. He is <laughs> so buff and fertile. Man. He well, was out. We were out on tour with Thomas Rhett, and Walker was on the tour as well. And he brought them all out, and they were like, they would all sit down. They would. It was like they were so well. They're well mannered. Yeah, he showed up, and and we, um, if we played a show where we didn't fly, because he opened for me doing stand up, which yep. was the perfect opener, because he had so much energy, even by himself with the loop pedal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he shows up, and I said, "Oh, you got a new bus, like a small, like Sprinter van." Yeah. It's like, hey, you got a new? He goes, "No, no, no, that's just our family car." He said, I just drove it. Oh, I mean, it, man. when you have six kids, you have to have a big automobile. Oh, yeah. Yep. They rented like a church van or something when we were out and he had to drive the kids around. Really? His wife, Lanny's awesome too. He's a guy that I really root for, man. He uh, obviously loved the music when I heard it online first. That's, I hit you about it. You know, yeah. We talked about Halloween, but getting to know him out on the road, like hearing his story. And when I heard that Craig's, I honestly cried when I heard I did that too. Craig's song. I texted him. 
immediately because yeah. I wouldn't listen to it early. We I'm were crying working, thinking about it right now. We were Kinda. working on my stuff and Walker was producing it. We wrote that song together and then I said, Walker, will you produce? He's like, I never produce anything. I was like, it doesn't matter. If you have that instinct, you have that instinct. Mm-hmm. So we go on, he's producing it. He's like, I want you to hear Craig. Did you do it at the shack? I said, we wrote it at the shack. Oh, yeah, yeah. We produced it at a different place. Cool. But we did write it in the shack. That's and so awesome. then uh, I said, I'm not going to listen to any song with, with you. But then I had it when it came out. Uh, I bought the record. Yep. And I listened to Craig and I cried. And I don't cry. And I Same. texted him. I said, dude, I just cried during the song. I was so in. We were in Europe and I was like on the treadmill. And I literally heard him start. And I, I had to get off the treadmill and like listen to the words. And I broke. It was insane. I'd, I played it on the show and I played it twice. And I think I went to number seven. It wasn't even the top 200. But that's how. Amazing. That's how. Not a me thing. That's my listeners. Yeah, it cut through to them so hard, so quick. Yeah, you listen. They're smart, and they they pick songs like. I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do with this next record: is pick songs that make people feel something, make people react. Don't just pick it because it's up tempo and sounds like you know, quote unquote, what a hit would sound like. If somebody, if we had a song like Craig and played it for people and they reacted like that, I don't know. I I hope a guy like Walker Hayes will take chances and put songs like that out as his singles because like he can change the game with that. Yeah, he can. Well, we're going to wrap. This has been one of the longer ones in the history because time had no measurement as we were talking. That's right. It was like one of those first dates. We've known each other a while, but one of those first dates where time just goes by and you, all of a sudden you look up at 6 a.m. and the sun's coming up. I still need to hear the Colby Kelly story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, next time. Yep, we got it. Next time. Okay, Dan Smyers from Dan and Shay. We learned, which I wanted to know, a lot of pre-Dan and Shay. Oh, you yeah. can find all the Dan and Shay stuff online. Just Google it. And- yep. I didn't know a lot. I didn't know you played running back in high school. I didn't know you played college football. I didn't. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know you were stealing from the man. Apologize for that. Yeah. Apologize. Never. I'll get him back. All right. Thank you very much. What episode is this? 98 with uh, Dan Smyers. Thank you very much for listening to the Bobbycast. And uh, Daniel Bradbury should be in a couple days, right? A few days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had to postpone that one because of the ice. Uh, so that'll be the next one up. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye.